I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway. So in this podcast, we talk about things about musical theaters and plays. And in today's episode, we're catching up with a trend and we are talking about West Side Story. Yeah, definitely catching on with a trend. That's the word of the day today. So a brief synopsis of a show before we go in length about it. West Side Story is a modern retelling of Romeo and Juliet set in New York City between two rivaling gangs. So Tony and Maria are this story's equivalent of Romeo and Juliet. And the story continues to explore their relationship along with themes of violence, us versus them mentality, and racism. So um, I think it's better to preface it here rather than in the end mm-hmm. but in this episode we are only talking about the broadway version though actually we watched the west end revival but we're only talking about the broadway musical we are having a two-parter and next week we're going to compare the 1961 movie to the 2021 movie which we went to see together it was a joy thank you claire and um because i'm involved in here and this is partially my podcast glee <laughs> is involved because Glee had a section about West Side Story. Several episodes, actually, I'm going to say. I'm not going to watch, make you watch the entire segment of all the episodes, but several episodes that I will pick and choose from where we can um, look into that as well. So I am really looking forward to it. This is the first time you'll have any introduction to Glee, and I will be very curious to see what you have to say, considering it'll be planted right in the middle of the series. This is going to be in, se- in season three. So, yeah. Huh, interesting. I mean, we did uh, Riverdale before. So it's not just that one episode. It's like multiple episodes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's an entire segment, actually, of the season. So I think this probably spanned more than three episodes. I'm not going to make you watch three episodes. I'll probably make you watch two. But yeah, this definitely was something that spanned across episodes and it was a huge segment so claire the age-old question (laughs) (laughs) what is your familiarity level with west side story very low i would say (laughs) i think i told you about this but pretty much i knew nothing about the story i've obviously heard of west side story but i didn't really know what it was about i didn't listen to any on the songs intentionally I don't really know anything about it. I didn't even actually know there was a movie coming out until you told me about it. And you're like, we should totally go watch it together. And I go like, okay. And and prior to going to the theater, I made sure not to Google anything, not to know anything about the story. Because I feel like, you know, sometimes if you're going to something completely blind and with zero expectation, it could be a delight surprise. Mm -hmm. Okay, fair yeah. enough, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in terms of my familiarity, I was familiar with some of the soundtrack pretty much my entire life. Uh, specifically, I Feel Pretty is something that I've heard since I was a very, very young child. Um, the 1961 movie, which is very famous, it won, I think, nine um, Oscars or something out of the 10 uh, categories it was in. So it was very, very famous, wow. very popular, was made during my parents' generation. So it's something they grew up in, in on. And they kind of imparted that knowledge to me, specifically with I Feel Pretty, which I feel like is one of the most iconic songs from uh, West Side Story. That's a very superficial familiarity, I'd say. I then went ahead and watched Glee, 
again on my agenda to insert Glee to every single episode and here it really <laughs> really makes sense to insert it but I watched Glee and they had a huge segment as discussed about West Side Story they didn't cover all of the songs from it but they covered most of the songs throughout the episode and I really enjoyed a lot of them so that kind of fueled me to watch the 1961 version which I really really enjoyed um I wouldn't say I was like a huge huge fan I wouldn't say it would it was one of my favorite musicals when I first watched it but I think I gained a new appreciation for it while preparing for this episode and while watching it in theater with you so uh, I'm excited for this I really am okay so with that aside why won't we dive into the deep summary so um the musical opens with the two rival gangs the Jess and the Shark fighting the two gangs fight over the territory of the Upper West Side in New York and are divided based on race, um, with the Jets being white American, while the Sharks are Puerto Rican. So the police, consisting of Officer Krupke and Lieutenant Shark Shrink, show up to break down the fight. The Sharks and the police leave, and the Jets devise a plan to have a rumble, which is a final organized fight for the territory to end this mess once and for all. So the leaders, the leader of the Jets, Riff, will negotiate with Bernardo on weapons and time for the fight at the dance held that night, and Riff also decides on a second-in-command for that fight. He is super-duper adamant that Tony, who is an ex-member of the Jets and actually the co-founder of the gang, will be his second-in-command and will fight alongside Riff. So the rest of the Jets are actually very skeptical Tony will show up, but Riff is certain he will. Um, so to make sure this thing happens, Riff goes to see Tony, who is working at Doc's drugstore. And after, I wouldn't say a lot of convincing, Tony agrees to come to the dance. And he also confides in Riff that he sees something big in his own future. We then cut to Maria working at the bridal shop, and she is Bernardo's sister, um, and Bernardo is the leader of the Sharks. She recently came from Puerto Rico to New York to marry Chino um, in an arranged marriage, and she confesses to Anita, who is Bernardo's longtime girlfriend, that she doesn't love Chino. We then cut to the dance. Um, the organizers try very, very hard, in a very comedic scene actually, to make the Sharks and Jets integrate without any success whatsoever, and soon the dance becomes an actual dance-off between the groups. So when the two groups dance, Maria and Tony notice each other from across the floor and fall in love at first sight. They dance, they dance together before they are noticed by Bernardo, who is absolutely furious by their dancing. Chino takes Maria home and Riff schedules a meetup with the Sharks. Tony stumbles upon Maria's building while walking around New York, and she is scared Bernardo is coming home and that Tony will be found. Um, despite her being scared, they kiss and profess their love for one another and plan on meeting the next day. Meanwhile, the Sharks, Anita, and her friends discuss their experience living in Puerto Rico versus their experience living in America. Anita is very happy to be in America, while her friends um, long for Puerto Rico. And it is different between the versions. In all of the versions, the girls are very happy to be in America, and um, the boys or the Shark members are longing for Puerto Rico. So this one differs quite a bit, depending on what you watch and when you watch it. The Jets gather at docks to unwind before meeting the Sharks, and the Sharks arrive 
Um, after they arrive, they negotiate to meet for a rumble tomorrow night and fight only with fists without any weapons. And Tony's the one who tries to drive the peaceful fighting, if that's a thing, because he doesn't want any animosity between them to come between Maria and him. Um, Lieutenant Shrank shows up to um, docks to interrogate everybody about the rumble, but no one is talking. Tony goes to see Maria at the bridal shop and she convinces him to try to actually stop the fight completely before it even happens. So she wasn't very appeased by the fist situation. Um, at the bridal shop, they also pretend to be or to get married. They don't actually get married at that point. The Jets and the Sharks get ready to fight while Anita, Tony, and Maria are planning on meeting their sweethearts. Tony arrives at the Rumble trying to stop fighting between Bernardo, but Bernardo starts hitting him. And when Tony doesn't defend himself, Reeves takes over um, the fight against Bernardo. And he is essentially stabbed by Bernardo with a knife and he dies. Uh, stricken by grief at the loss of his best friend, Tony stabs Bernardo and the gangs afterwards hear sirens and at first Tony actually doesn't leave Riff's side he is really taking this very hard which makes sense but anybody's who is a tomboy aspiring member of the gang carries him away uh, to make sure he's not found so that was act one act two starts with Maria talking about her wedding night with the rest of the shop's staff Chino storms into the shop to tell Maria the news Tony killed Bernardo Tony shows up afterwards, after everybody leaves and only Maria is there essentially. And at first Maria is absolutely furious, calling him a killer and pounding at him. But when he says he came to tell her um, that he's going to turn himself into the police custody, Maria asks him to stay anyway. And they fantasize about a place that would accept them as they are. Officer Krupke catches two Jets members, but they manage to flee, and the gang reunites and makes fun of Officer Krupke, which is a very fun and comedic uh, spot here. Anybody's finds the Jets and tell them she heard Chino is looking for Tony in order to kill him, and the Jets set on searching for Tony to protect him, and they finally accept her to the gang. Tony, who spent the night at Maria's, runs away to docks to plan their escape from the city, but not before Anita spots him. She tears Maria a new one until Maria appeals to her by saying her love for Tony is the same as Anita's love to Bernardo. And Anita agrees to help them escape. She also lets Maria know that Chino has a gun and is going to haunt Tony. So Lieutenant Shrunk uh, goes to Maria's home and questions Maria about the murder. She sends Anita to Docs to tell Tony to wait for her until she comes because she's delayed due to the investigation. The Jets found Tony at the Docs and are protecting him there when Anita comes in. They just call her racial slurs and attempt to rape her until Doc shows up and rescues her. In retaliation, Anita gives the wrong information to hurt them, saying that Chino shot Maria and that she's dead. Tony is heartbroken and goes into the streets, asking Chino to shoot him too. Maria finds Tony after the investigation has concluded, but as soon as she finds him, Chino does too, and he shoots him. Maria grabs the gun and blames both the Jets and the Sharks on Tony's death. She kisses Tony, and the two gangs unite behind her as she shrouds his body. So that is the very happy, uplifting message and ending of a side story. <laughs> So happy. So happy. 
Uh, honestly, compared to the original, I suppose it is happy considering Maria isn't dead. But should we go into the songs? Sure. Do we have anything to say about a prologue? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping that um, we can combine this because I have nothing to say about the prologue okay. at all. Perfect. We don't have to talk about the prologue. Uh, if you have even a comment, we can always combine it up to you. Um, let's go to Jet Song. Claire, what do you think? It's a really short song. I didn't mm. really like it too much because it's like um, reading a song rather than singing a song. And the music itself is very chaotic. And I think it's fairly difficult to start the musical with this one because just how complex and chaotic it is. But at the same time, I feel like it also captures the spirit and the vibe pretty well. So I have a mixed feelings about this one. In general, I won't say it's my cup of tea, but I can see why it's very fitting for the Jets or even just for the entire musical to set a tone right. Hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. The choreography is great, though. Oh, the choreography is blowing me away every time I see it. It's like (laughs) definitely one of the standout themes or uh, elements of the musical for me. For me, it definitely was my cup of tea. I thought it was a very fun introduction to the Jets. It also highlights their best qualities, such as, you know, their fierce loyalty to their own in-group and their general playfulness, which I find very endearing, especially at this point. To me, by opening with the Jets, and we discussed this before, um, but it's definitely still relevant, and giving them three songs, it really shows we're supposed to empathize with them and relate to them more so than the Sharks. Another element is obviously they are English speaking compared to the shark speaking um, Spanish, which considering the audience is going to be primarily English speaking too, it drives at home how much we're supposed to empathize, empathize with the Jets. The characters we relate to within the sharks group are mainly Anita and Maria, and they're or part of their characteristic and their charm is that they like America and they seem to want to assimilate more. So I find that point very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I think it's really vital we form a connection with the Jets now to be disgusted and disappointed with them as we do um, when they attempt to rape Anita. And I think it's especially disturbing because until that moment, we essentially see things from the Jets' perspective. They even have a song essentially glorifying their playfulness element and their loyalty to one another right before this, um, the scene of the attempted rape. So as soon as that happened, we suddenly have a very obvious shift to Anita's perspective and the shark's perspective in general. And I find that's a very high impact and it wouldn't have happened if they weren't more of a focus group compared to the sharks. And in general, it's a theme throughout the musical I found that they zig and then zag to keep us on our toes. The contrast of it comes over and over again with the Jets, for example, like what I just described. Also with Tony's gentleness and subsequent violence as he kills Bernardo. With the song placements, which is opening with I Feel Pretty after riffs and Bernardo's death. I think it, like the contrast is a really big theme here. And it's all to build suspense and also practically to force the audience to feel something. So I think, as you mentioned Um, when you talked about this, it's a really good way to set the story and what's to come. Um, About the song itself, I really like this number musically. I like complex songs and I like songs that um, have a lot of elements to them. So I 
guess it speaks more to me as um, a listener. The lyrics are also on point and the performance itself is divine with the acting, the singing, and obviously the choreography, which is absolutely dropped gorgeous. So for me, it really hit the spot. Okay, that's fair. I actually find it interesting because I don't feel like I develop much feelings for the Jets from the song at all, actually. Mm. Yeah, I don't know why. I know the musical is supposed to let us root for the Jets and for all the reasons you just you just listed but I never really feel like I'm on their side if that makes sense I don't know what it is maybe it's the fact that we get to see how much they want to fight and how aggressive they are from the beginning like I know that there are good qualities from them too but I just don't really feel like I'm related to that even though they they have more numbers than the yeah they have all the numbers actually (laughs) Yeah, um, I wouldn't say they have all the numbers, but they definitely have a lot, considering especially that this musical doesn't have too, too many numbers. I think a classical... But for the shark, is especially, I don't think there's one number from the shark. I would consider America as a number from the sharks. But shark. that's from the girls. It depends on the version. That's oh, that's true. That's missing. true. Yeah. Okay. But... I definitely see where you're coming from. Out of curiosity, mm-hmm. do you relate to the sharks at all? I think I do. And maybe that's because I relate to their struggle as an immigrant. Mm-hmm. And that's why I could feel for them. That I know how difficult it is for them to settle down and how difficult that would be to start a life and everything like that. So maybe from that point of view, I feel like we have more things in common than I do with the Jets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So for you, the three songs that were allotted it wasn't enough for you to still develop some kind of familiarity or um, sense of yeah because maybe all the three numbers that they have are not really emotional or personal in a Mm. way that it's very much just like showing off the side of them that's maybe playful maybe youthful very fun and very um, chaotic and that side of them which I already get the vibe from, from all the other acting and what's happening, the storyline. So Mm -hmm. I don't really need to be convinced of who they are by these three numbers. And I also don't feel like they add a lot of extra things that the audience wouldn't know from the plot. Like they didn't add anything extra, in my opinion. Mm. Obviously, the songs are still fun and they're still pretty nice to listen to. But I just didn't feel like, to me, it adds any personal relations or values um, with the jazz for me. That's fair. I could definitely see, for example, what this song is trying to communicate. And um, in this case, is trying to communicate the fierce loyalty that the Jets have towards mm-hmm. one another. And that is a quality that is mainly admirable, even though in here it only extends up to the in-group and nothing else. Um and in terms of numbers like cool, it really helps to build their character as they, um, it shows their violent side, which mm-hmm. is trying to yeah. like juxtapose it. So it does give some elements, but I do agree with you. It can, it's not very in-depth in terms of emotionality. So I don't think even like the Sharks number is that in-depth in terms of the emotion, because it is meant to be comedic, mm-hmm. but the experience is something that both of us can definitely relate to so it hits harder with us um but yeah that's definitely a fair point 
So from here, we move on to Something's Coming. What do you think? The first time I listened to the song, I actually didn't like it too much. And I guess you're going to hear that from the film review that's going to come up next week. But I really didn't feel like it was my cup of tea. But then the funny thing is, I went back to listen to the soundtrack and I watched the musical and everything. And I think it just grew on me because I started to like it and actually bite a lot too mm-hmm. um and I especially enjoy the special sense of chillness and just how relaxed it, it is or it, how relaxed it feels so I really enjoy it afterwards and there is actually a YouTube channel called Kevin Lynch I don't know if you heard I don't think I he has you do actually yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. It, he's actually pretty well known I think in like um musical parts oh, like okay, I've seen okay. him talk about um in the musical subreddit for example mm-hmm. so yeah <laughs> okay well he doesn't have like one male subscriber or anything but if you are interested or you as like the audience I guess because you already <laughs> know um but he does some really brilliant work on breaking down the songs and the lyrics and he has a video on breaking down something's coming and I thought it was really interesting obviously I'm not going to restate all the musical theory and I'm not really that technical of a person but he has analyzed some very interesting insights about how it's very foreshadowing and he has very interesting musical components in the song too Hmm. so definitely recommend whoever's interested in knowing more and I guess seeing things from another perspective that will be an interesting place to start Oh, that's really interesting. One of my favorite things. So when I prepare for the episodes, I deliberately shut down everything, everything I can find about the piece from other people because I don't want it to affect my thinking. Um, And then after finishing the episode, I usually try to see what everybody else says, (laughs) Um, unless I really have no idea what the music, what I can say about the musical, in which case I was like, okay, what the fuck was this on about? Um, And see what other people make sense of it and try to like make it my own afterwards. So I'll definitely give it a watch afterwards because I'm really curious. I love the musical theory portion of it. I think, did we, we, mentioned sideways before right on this on this channel on this uh, podcast (laughs) I think so yeah again he also does musical theory absolutely brilliant and he probably is closer to like the higher threshold of subscribers so he is very well known it was always like such a joy to like hear about it afterwards so thank you I'll definitely look into that For me, I love this number from the get-go a lot. I find that Tony is a lot less expressive in general as a person than Maria. So it's really important to have these solos to get a better understanding of who he is as a person, for me at least. And Mm -hmm. I think that's why he also has like a couple of solos, whereas Maria has one and she even has like supporting numbers or supporting characters singing in. Um, So calling it a solo can be even questionable. And for him, it's key that he has those in my opinion um the fact that he is a dreamer who wants something greater than life aligns him really well with maria too and that can be like told through her interactions with anita over the dancing gown for the dance you know she's a bit rebellious she wants to explore she wants a little bit of more of a daring cut she wants a more daring color so i think seeing the acting portion or the more narration or narrative portion with uh, Maria and 
all of it being communicated through song with Tony is really interesting and it shows how well they complement each other. Um, so I love that. And for me, importantly, you can see the gentleness in his voice and inflictions when we know he will kill Bernardo later, which is something I mentioned before. It also expresses a sense of hope and optimism, which embodies both Tony and Maria up until pretty much the ending. And I love that it closes with maybe tonight, maybe tonight, maybe tonight, because it's a slight foreshadowing to the song Tonight Tonight, and it's beating you over the head with foreshadowing um, that Tony and Maria will be meeting later tonight. And musically, it also goes higher and higher to show the urgency, but also leave it as a question mark, which works really, really well at this point because Tony and Maria haven't met yet. So you mm-hmm. can't be sure. So all of it, I think, is just brilliantly constructed and such an endearing first glimpse at Tony. Especially I find funny that... You know, the fact that he's a dreamer and he wants something bigger or he's hoping for bigger things. It's very Disney princess characteristics. Did you notice that? That's true. I didn't see it as a Disney princessy trait, but now that you pointed it out, yes, definitely. Yeah. So I feel like somebody who grew up in our generation, which is like the Disney Renaissance, who is very familiar with all these kind of characteristics, it's something that will make you feel a little bit closer to Tony as a as a character and as a person. Mm-hmm. So I love that for him. Fair point. Fair point. Thank you. So do we have anything to say about the dance of the gym? Well, nothing other than that the dancing choreography is absolutely amazing. I think oh we can God. both agree. Oh, like, of there's no, not a person who cannot agree with this, I don't think. I am obsessed with the dance choreography for this musical. It's so nice. So, so good. If only I could do something like that. That would be amazing. That would be a life accomplishment. But but no. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is just the color that they use. I love it. I think we talk about this after we watched the movie. But honestly, because I had no idea that it was supposed to be um, a modern Romeo and Juliet story. So this is the probably the point when I started to get the feeling that, okay, this is probably Romeo and Juliet. Partly also because of the color that I use and how Jets are wearing blue and sharks are wearing red and I think red looks really good on them I personally really admire how people can pull off yellow and orange and usually that person is Anita and (laughs) I just have a lot of no seriously I'm so jealous because yellow and orange is a very hard color to master for Asians so definitely jealous there and yeah this whole thing is just so stunning so stunning I think this is definitely one of the shows that would be much more memorable and much more enjoyable if you watch it in the theater if you watch it live because just because of the choreography like even though the music is also really really great and you probably would still enjoy it tremendously if you just listen to the soundtrack but viewing it is just a completely different experience yeah this scene is definitely a drop that gorgeous scene um obviously we have the great dancing sequences and music something that is of note for the music I really love how the instrumentation goes light and breezy when Tony and Maria are in focus in contrast with the intensity of the dance-off between the gangs since it seems like such a continuation of everything the story is about and it's really really clever So in every single way in the scene, they communicate the divide and also the way that across the divide, Tony and Maria reach out to each other in 
every way they can through the dance, through the costuming, and through the music. And it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on to Maria. What are your thoughts? I like it. I think the interpretation that the version that we watched was really, really cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can kind of see that like, he's very much like deep in thought in the beginning. And the more that he thinks about it, the more excited that he gets. And he has this really cute sudden smile on his face in between phrases. It's just one of those smiles, you know, you'll pull just because you thought of something or somebody. And all of a sudden, that's just a really random smile that he has. And I thought it was just very realistic and makes me like Tony a lot because I didn't really have much of a feeling for Tony from something's coming. I think Mm -hmm. it tells a little bit about his character pretty well. Like what you said, we do need more time to get to know what sort of person he is. But I feel like in this one, you can just really enjoy how much excited, like how excited he is and how cute and young he is because I often forgot about that. Do you want to talk about the actor at all? Oh, oh yeah, because <laughs> yeah. he is also in Heathers, right? So he yeah. played JD before. Yes. and in the West End version. In the West End version, which I actually didn't watch the whole thing, but I saw clips on YouTube before. And um, also from the comment section, I recognized that he was the same guy who was playing JD. And at first I couldn't really take him as a pure romantic type of person because of his performance from Heathers left such a strong impression on my mind that whatever he does, whatever he says, it gives me that JD vibe. I was thinking to myself like, oh my God, is he going to like blow up the gym the next second? I could totally see JD do something like that. But from the song, I usually really enjoy his performance. I think it was very, very good. And like I said, all the little details that he put into the song, like even just a slight facial expression, maybe like how he moves or how he sings to it, like his voice and his emotion and how he transitioned from somebody who was still sort of like, looks like he's still in shock of how much emotion and feelings that he could have for this person he just met to something when he realizes that, oh my God, I'm in love. That is so cute. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I really enjoy that. Mm -hmm. When you said whatever he does, whatever he says, was that a reference? (laughs) No, you're reading into it too much. Okay. (laughs) I was about to say, you should have said you should have said what he is, what he does, what he says. Oh my god! To complete the reference, and that's the only thing I could think about while you were talking. So sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Um, <laughs> but I absolutely loved him in the role. I also recognized him right away because I did watch the West End version too, and I was so flabbergasted how amazingly he could switch from being essentially a school shooter um to playing prince charming in one false like swoop and so easily like i was convinced he was tony from the first moment that i saw him or when the first moment i heard something's coming so the versatility a plus plus and also uh i don't remember her name but the actress who plays maria has a beautiful beautiful voice great acting she sounds like a flute amazing um so everybody did a really really good job in here Mm -hmm. 
Um, in terms of the song Maria, I absolutely love the song. I've actually um, had a slight obsession with it since I watched it. I find it really, really amazing and a great continuity from Something's Coming to show that the same characteristics exist in Tony as before. And it really gives him a unique voice as a character, not necessarily just his vocals. His voice blending together, for example, with various harmonies in something from coming from before and in the beginning of Maria, that's like a callback to that. And also ending with the name Maria going very high is another characteristic that carries over from before because um, in Maybe Tonight it also ends on a high note. And in here, I think it expresses something different. So the reason why Maybe Tonight goes on a high note is because it's kind of like a question and it conveys a lot of uncertainty, but an optimistic sense of uncertainty. And in here, the reason why Maria ends up on a high note, it's because it's an expression of love, love, hope, and infatuation. And the fact that the notes go so high is also something that can be seen as leading up to the balcony scene, because it's almost like he's trying to reach her fire exit to be noticed by her with that note. And I love that detail. And I also really, really enjoy the lyrics from here um, when he says soft and it's almost like praying, say it's soft and it's almost like praying. And I think that's a really clever way considering her mm-hmm. name is Maria. So all in all, the song is like working for me really well. Um, okay. What do you have to say about tonight? Well, this is actually my favorite, Ooh. Um, which is actually very unexpected um, because I'm usually not very a romantic duet person but this one I don't know why after I watched it I didn't actually think too much but then it just keeps on playing in my head for so long mm-hmm. and I'm like oh my god I think I'm becoming really addicted to the song um, <laughs> so from the music standpoint I, I love how they have amazing harmonization even though that I think Maria in this version was a little bit overpowered by Jamie towards the end of it but nevertheless they sound really really good together I really enjoy um, listening to both of their vocals and I also think this is the first time we listened to Maria sing and Mm -hmm. her voice is just very very heavenly like very pure and very innocent I like that sort of you know like more of the classical musical type of voice I don't know how to describe it but she does have that sort of voice and I think the song requires that certain way of singing and I really enjoy that I also buy their chemistry a lot Mm -hmm. I I think they have really good chemistry on the stage together she seems generally happy and and very excited like she has all this like googly smile and laugh here and there and I really really buy it that she would be young like maybe 16-ish would would be my guess Mm -hmm. um because when she sees Tony when she sing, started singing with Tony and all that stuff like you can see that she is very very innocent and the way that she presents herself even and the way that she talks is also very innocent and I really like it because I think in this performance I especially appreciate since sometimes when an actress trying to be somebody who's innocent and pure and young like they tend to overdo it and it would turn out to be naive or awkward or anything but I think in this version Maria 
actually Denzel as pretty innocent to me, and that to me is a pretty good job. And I also like how they transition from Mar- Maria's room to a much wider space, even though I don't know technically where that could be. But <laughs> I like how they have more space on the stage to interact. I think that tells you a lot about their chemistry physically as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I completely understand what you mean in terms of being obsessed with it. When I first listened to the musical as a whole, "Tonight" was definitely the song I was obsessed with. It's so good. It's so iconic, and it was very difficult decision whether to pick it as one of my like my favorite. It was this was definitely a contender. I didn't pick it as my favorite, but it's definitely up there for me. I love it in terms of their chemistry. Not to shoehorn the 2021 version into it where it doesn't belong, but this was a big thing that we discussed, and both of us agreed that the actors didn't have much chemistry mm-hmm. because of Tony. But in here, I could sense both of the chemistry for both actors, and in different ways. Like you can see with Maria, it seems almost like puppy love, very, very excited, very new for her. You could see she was sheltered. You could see she was young, and you could get all of that from just the acting and also the way she was singing. The fact that her voice is crystal clear and so beautiful to listen to also communicates how young, innocent, and pure she is. I think so.、Mm-hmm. It was really important to choose that kind of vocals for Maria to have, and for Tony, it seems a little bit more confident, but still it has the dreamer edge to it, which I really, really love. Their voice blend together beautifully, and the song itself is very, very catchy. I think it also describes it very nicely、um, lyrically, because I think the lyrics themselves, if you just read it, it's it's a very common exercise actually to try to just like act the lyrics out of、um, a song in audition、mm-hmm. rather than just sing it. And I think this acting of the lyrics could be done pretty well, and you could get. A lot of what、um, the scene is, even without the song, and I think that's a marker of a really, really good lyrics. So I love that, and just the performance itself blows me away every single time. Great, great song. All right, so we move to a song that we've already discussed a little bit, but it's America. What do you think? I think it's brilliant on many levels. So lyrically, it's very smart in dealing racism and hope, and choreographically, <laughs> if that's a word, it's a it's really a wonderful treat of energy, enthusiasm, and style. And musically, just really a powerhouse、mm-hmm. um, that could stand out on its own. And that's a magical thing when you have all three of these combined all together. So. I like the number from the get go, but I have to admit though, like after listening to it for a couple more times, it does get a little bit too repetitive for me、mm-hmm. because music wise, it repeats itself a lot. And I'm not a musical expert. I mean, like music theory expert by any chance. I have no knowledge of <laughs> music、um, theories and things like that. But it just sounds very repetitive. To me, which is such a shame because everything else in this number works so well for me. And I guess if you're just watching a theater for just one time experience, that will still be really enjoyable because, you know, much of your attention will probably be on choreography and the energy. So probably going to pay less on 
what it sounds like, and it, it doesn't sound bad at all, too. So if I just watched this this one time in theater, I'll probably rate it like ten out of ten, or maybe nine out of ten. But if you list, go back and listen to it a few times, I do feel like I can get bored of it fairly quickly, even though I really, really like the energy mm-hmm. and. From a narrative standpoint, I also like the fact that Anita gets this number for herself because she can sing a song praising her new home. She can do a dance that celebrates her heritage, and also kind of shit talks about her boyfriend all at the same time. And I think that really tells you a lot of her character, even though she's not a main character, but she's a very important character, and she's actually. Probably my favorite character, I will say. She's very strong, and you can see a lot of personality from her from this solo number alone. I and that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I I think that's actually a really amazing thing to do because her character is very complicated in very many different levels. But from this one, you can just purely enjoy how strong she is, how independent, and how energetic she is, and. Combined with all that is to come and what's going to happen to her, the loss that she's going to experience, and all the other things that she's going to go through, I think it really made Anita a very outstanding um, character for me. I guess I haven't the the musical version that we watch is the song was shared um, just with the girls with the shark girls. But I would personally prefer if it's something that was shared among all the shark members. I think I think it's actually a very interesting point why the guys feel like they would long for Puerto Rico, whereas the girls um, probably prefer America. And I was having this like analogy in my head because I thought I don't know how race uh, sorry not racist um how sexist the puerto rican culture is like if uh, women were given many rights back then or back mm-hmm. there but i feel like maybe they feel like they are actually given more rights in america whereas if um, puerto rican guys feel like they were the dominant one in the puerto rican society but then in america now they have to fight racism too now they have disadvantages as well so maybe that why they prefer Puerto Rico. I'm open to hearing what you have to say, but I thought that was actually a very interesting point. And that's why I think I prefer if the song was shared between all Shark members, because that really kind of points out um, the conflict and how just immigrants in general and how their experiences are like in the United States. Yeah, that would add a lot of value points for me. I think I would enjoy that a lot more. But mm-hmm. what do you think? Yeah, I am not kidding you when I said I had literally the exact same notes as what you're saying right now, <laughs> um, specifically about the gender divide and how much I appreciate the gender divide more than the version we watched um, for the musical, which was between all girls. So literally, I have the exact same notes. Perfect. I mean, um, we agree on one thing. That's good. We agree on many things there. <laughs> um, but yeah, needless to say, I also enjoyed the song very much. Anita is also my favorite character. Um, <laughs> and as an immigrant, I feel like I can really relate to some of it. Uh, not necessarily the sexism point of it much, but I can see both sides of 
longing to be in America while still longing to be in Puerto Rico all in once. So for me, it will be like longing to be in my original country and longing to be in Canada all at once and seeing the nice sides of both of them. Um, and I like how it injects so much character and life to the sharks and Anita in particular, since it's so important we see their perspective and sympathize with them as well especially when they only have the one song compared to the Jets three songs. So it's better like makes this one song count and like flesh them out a little bit or mm-hmm. a lot a bit more, which I think is also why it has more emotionality to it compared to all the other songs the Jets have in particular. In terms of the mm, repetitive value of it I would say the song was really made to be seen because it lives or dies by the chemistry between the actors a lot of the song is similar to the Jets in the sense of it's goofing off or it's kind of like having this friendship element between them the familiarity and you get to see them you know make fun of each other and um, try to like just see their interaction chemistry on their day-to-day life and how they relate to each other as people so having that as an important element of the song itself means that it's really important to see the acting of it it's really important to see how they move and how they interact with each other and you do get that through song of course but you don't get the entire picture and I think the song really benefits from having the entire picture before you so if you listen to the cast recording repeatedly I could see why what you mean about it being repetitive but if you see it in person or if you see it in the movie theater I don't think it would get old you know Mm -hmm. okay Uh, that's a fair point yeah yeah because I do think that it's really, really an enjoyable one. So yeah, I love that. The next one is cool. Personally, I've been obsessed with this song recently. I don't even know why, to be honest. I just think it's so catchy and whimsical almost, but it has dangerous and sinister notes to it, which is really, really interesting because I think it goes... Like, it shows a progression within the Jets, and this is the middle point. Like, the first one is really admirable, loyal, whatever, with very, very few notes that make them a little bit iffy, like, taunting the Puerto Rican in in the song. Mm -hmm. But in here, you get more of those sinister elements to me, but they still make it playful at this point, which makes an awful lot of sense considering the theme, and the music just manages to convey it all it all by its own, which is... A quality that I love. The lyrics feel very well written for this piece too because it sounds very streets but it works because it still translates to today I found when I'm sure the slaying in the 1950s is completely different and I heard that they actually invented pseudo slang that doesn't actually exist or didn't actually exist in the 1950s to make it more timeless which is absolutely the right call here because I didn't think it was passe in a way I thought it was still fitting especially considering they still managed to keep a lot of the 1950s element but it didn't seem cringy so love that in terms of the lyrics um I don't know just something about it is so catchy it's been stuck in my head for at least a month I'd say okay I can see why that is because it is very addicting in a really weird way too and it has um I don't know like a very seducing tone of it Mm-hmm. I, I I like it a lot too. 
it's not my favorite, probably not even my top three, but I can understand why you feel that way. And I also feel like out of all three um, Jet song, this is actually the most memorable one I feel like they have. A lot of people will probably prefer the, what was that one called? Like G Officer something? Oh, G Officer Krapke? Yeah, because that one's funny, right? But I think to summarize Jess, this is actually a really good song to kind of sum them up. And because of the first half of the story, it has a much lighter tone, right? How like they fall in love and how like everything is still hopeful and there's love happening. It seems like there's hope and stuff. And I feel like Tony shines better in that part of the story, obviously. But this one has more of a darker vibe to it. And Mm -hmm not just jazz but riff as well i think it fits it really really well so i i really like it i think the choreography is also really insanely good um probably the one of the best choreography in in a lot of the musicals i think Mm -hmm. so yeah in general i really really enjoy it too i think they kind of switched the order of the song a little bit in the film versus in the musical which oh yeah, right? they switched the they switched the reasoning behind the song completely, and they switched the order of the song of Officer Dear uh, G Officer Krupke. They didn't switch the order for this one, I believe, but they shifted the reason behind it. Right, right, right. Which is why it was actually it kind of caught me by surprise when I saw it in the musical version. I mm-hmm. think I like the musical version, though. We're gonna do more like compare and contrast when we talk about like the other adaptions of the story stay tuned stay tuned <laughs> next <laughs> week um but i guess spoilers alert coming after the the film version i think the musical one was a bit better for me mm-hmm. yeah um i really really enjoyed the musical version too but for some reason i will mention it again but my rekindling love for the song was originated by Glee, which is very, very odd when you find out who sings this in Glee. So I'll mention I'll mention it next week. But um, yeah, I found it very, very odd. Okay. Um, all right. The next one is One Hand, One Heart. And as promised, this is the song that I liked the least, uh, even though I still really, really enjoy this one. I think it's a it's an excellent song, but I could still notice a difference in liking between this one and everything else for me. Yeah, I just think it is incredibly catchy. It sounds very innocent and beautiful as it should, considering they're practicing getting married here, essentially. So it fits re- really well. But this is to tonight as last night of the world is to sun and moon for Miss Saigon. You know how they had mm. one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good point. They had one iconic and beautiful duet. And then they had the other one, which is okay, but it's not iconic and beautiful. <laughs> so uh, that was just something that I noticed right away. I was like, when, when we watched it together, I was like, Oh, this is exactly the same. This is exactly mm-hmm. the same analogy as Miss Saigon. What do you think though? I like, how cute they are before the song begins yes. like pretending to meet each other's parents and playing with the things in the store I think it shows you that young and innocent side of them and that is quite relatable because I think maybe a lot of us will try to play with your mom's makeup or shoes or clothes when you're <laughs> kids and then like trying to be adults and stuff so I, I like how 
that shows the playful side of them. And I think it's quite cute. And I also like how they transition to be more serious throughout the song. So like you start with like kind of childish almost and sort of like immature playing around and stuff like that. But then as the song progresses, you kind of see them getting more serious and then finally make that promise to each other. And I like it. I feel like it's much more sincere and I like how sincere that felt. So Mm -hmm. I, I liked it. But I agree with you. I think music-wise is not that outstanding. I read it from Wikipedia saying that this was actually supposed to be the balcony sing song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm so glad they went with Tonight instead. <laughs> that fits so much better. Yeah. I was literally like cheering when I read that. It was like, <laughs> oh my God, you did the right thing. Um, multiple That Wikipedia article is a roller coaster of emotions for me. I found myself really rooting for them, even though I know this is a huge success, but I found themselves, like myself being like, oh, they are such underdogs here. And then really rooting for them at least five different times throughout reading the, the entry. So I love it actually. <laughs> All right, so the next one is Tonight, Quintet and Chorus. Personally, I love how complex it is. All the moving pieces are coming together for a massive ramble and for everything to go to hell essentially by the end of the first act. So that really works well for me. I love messy musical numbers and this one definitely has a lot of elements that are juggled together and come together, in my opinion, really, really well balanced and well done. I know you're not the biggest fan of complex musical numbers, so I wonder what you think. Yeah, the funny thing is, in my note, I was going to say, I usually, I don't like messy songs, but mm-hmm. this one actually worked for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. <laughs> it's actually such a good number. Maybe it's because I like Tonight to mm. begin with, so I already have a bias, but I feel like the complexity and just the fact that they are able to blend in so many scenes, so many groups of people, so many different emotions, expectations, and feelings, and just everything into this one number is so amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, you have all the five parts. You go from, like, Jess to Maria to, to Tony to, like, there's so many things going on, but at the same time, they all just kind of blend together at the end beautifully and I like that irony because Tony Maria and Anita they're all kind of eagerly anticipating the tonight right and when the tonight comes they don't like it at all and nobody really had their day so I like how ironic and how complex this number is and Musically, I also like the contrast between the aggressiveness of the gangs and the smoothing mm-hmm. voice of the main actors. So like Tony and Maria in this one, I think is just very ingeniously composed. Yeah, so usually not a messy song person, but this one surprisingly really works for me. Yeah, 100%. Contrast is really the name of the game in this musical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm assuming we're skipping the rumble. Yeah, and my only comment was going to be after tonight was so good and so amazing. That at one, I don't even know if this is like an at one closer, but it just seems rather weak. Like it's not as emotionally engaging, I don't think. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they should have used this one as the at one closer instead, but then they will have to kind of somehow slip the scene where both people are killed and everything else into the song so that will make the song really really long 
and mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll prefer that. So I guess they just have to make do with whatever they have. But mm-hmm. uh, after such a strong number, it just feels a little bit weak. Yeah, I don't consider the act one closer because it's essentially instrumental. Yeah, and I consider it more of like the untracked. What is it called? Like the opener. It's what the prologue is, but it has a name that I forgot that is like an actual concept, but it's kind of like to close the idea of it rather than an actual standalone number. Usually it's not something that has as much complexity or as much emotionality or emphasis as tonight, the quintet and chorus version. So I really don't think of it as a closing number personally. Okay. Um, all right. The act two opener was divisive between the two of us, I think. It's I feel pretty. What do you think? Yeah, it actually makes so much more sense in the musical because in the film, it goes right after the, the, the death scene. And I don't like that at all. And I like how we are open with this one as an act two opener. I think it's a very strong opener. It's very cute. And I like the sharp contrast. I keep talking about contrast, right? (laughs) (laughs) To what happened at the end of act one. And yeah, arrangement wise is just so much better. The musical version of Maria is just very funny too. I really appreciate the number, not just because musically it sounds really catchy and really, really fun, but also the parts when she sings, I feel pretty and not I look pretty, which means to me that her look is the same, but now she feels better about herself than ever. And that is super relatable because after you have a positive encounter with the person that you're into you all of a sudden feel like you know you're walking on the air or you're kind of like bell of the ball and it just feels fantastic and then your best friend would probably look at you and be like oh my god what am I gonna do with you and I feel like this song captures all that really really well and I also like that she didn't compare herself to the other girls or anybody else like she didn't say that she was the prettiest or like I'm the best or anything like that she just pretty and when other people said that they were also pretty she didn't oppose them at all she just repeated and I think it's the way that it should be I think it's really cute that they all kind of just singing about how fantastic they feel together so for me it's a very empowering and feel good wholesome song and it's very catchy too so very lighthearted one in a tragic story like this I always enjoy those what a change of tune from you Claire <laughs> why am I you hated this to... when we went to watch it so it's yeah funny. because I was of the arrangement I didn't like the arrangement I was expecting a fight but I'm glad you changed your tune because I personally really love this song as I mentioned way way in the beginning this is the first song I've ever heard from the musical it's really iconic so I was always very very familiar with it and I also love the song placement because I like the emotional roller coaster of going from an intense situation to a light one to diffuse the tension a bit after the tragedy that occurred right um, before going to an even tenser situation. So I love when they do that. And I love the contrast. Um, the song itself is light and breezy and has such great acting moments for Maria because she really gets to be a kid. She gets to just mess around in the store, acting like she is the queen of the world, essentially, um, and having the time of her life. And that's something that a lot of kids do and something that really highlights her innocence and how much of a child she is, but in the best way 
way, not in the way that she is like whiny or naive or whatever, but in ways that highlight what it means to be a child in the best possible light in the situation. So that's really, really good. The performance of the song is really important because you can play it straight, which is boring or you can play it like the fun energetic song that it is with all the wackiness that can possibly ensue which is what they've done here and I'm really really glad they did that and they kind of like do that throughout so like you mentioned something that was absolutely super endearing is how she and Tony played at the bridal shop when they were pretending to be married and I forgot to mention that but I'm so glad you did because it was so fun and so cute and that just showing the consistency in her personality in here too because she essentially does the same thing um it's kind of like the bridal shower or the night before she's married like it's really reminiscent of that so that's great yeah I have nothing but positive things to say about a song and yet it's still my favorite it's what? so it was, I, we're totally going to guess this is your favorite it's How so, is not your favorite it was so difficult to figure out what was my favorite it was very easy to figure out what, what was my least favorite but zeroing on my favorite was really really difficult okay wow interesting I'm shocked. I'm actually shocked. Really? Okay. Interesting. Um, All right. Let's move on. Somewhere. What do you think? Yeah, the song is very simple lyrically, but Mm -hmm. I think it sounds profoundly beautiful. It highlights both the reason for Tony's and Maria's love at the first sight and also the tragedy about to happen. Because up until this point, I guess also in the original literature, Romeo and Juliet, I never understand how you can fall in love at that instant. <laughs> so I didn't really feel like there was much of a connection just because the script requires them to fall in love and also because they have really good chemistry. So I never really question it too, too much. But I think this song kind of tells you the reason why they would connect instantly pretty well because they are probably the only people in the neighborhood that would want some level of peace like everybody else wants their separate worlds you can see that they want peace they want something different they want they didn't want to fight and I feel like that would maybe not at the instant when you just look at somebody but like oh I see that you also want peace but I can see why they would feel attracted to the um one another and I also love how the song was accompanied by a beautiful dream ballet where Tony and Maria are imagining all their jet and shark friends visiting them and everyone was getting along with one another and they're just simply having a good time with um, anybody's, which I think is arguably one of the most interesting characters of the show. And they're singing how there's a place for us. And I think it's so moving for Tony and Maria but even more so for anybody since she's not really accepted by any anyone right in the show up until probably um, later later on so yeah i i like how it's presented visually i think mm-hmm. it has beautiful um meaning to everything that the show was trying to send a message like the message of peace and uh, the value of trying to talk this out and the the dream of having a place where you belong I think is the central message of this entire show I feel like this really represents that really really well just not to mention that musically also sounds very very beautiful Mm -hmm. 
And the fact that it's sung by everybody towards the end of the song is very, actually very, very emotional to me. Um, I, I really like that. It feels like no matter if you're a jazz or if you're a shark, if you're a Maria, if you're a Tony, if you're whoever, like everybody wants to be accepted. They want that somewhere that they can go and feel safe. And that is something that everyone would want and need. And that just speaks to me a lot because in the end, you have to recognize that you're not enemies, right? Like you're honestly just the same people. And if they could see that earlier, then maybe they could have avoided all these tragedies. But I think that's a beautiful uh, (laughs) part of this too. So I like that arrangement a lot. And I, I think it sounded really, really nice. But what do you think? Oh man, I'm going to fight you on this, I think. Really? I personally thought that it was a travesty to get Ooh. everybody to sing at the same time. For me, it works exceptionally well as either a solo or a duet. And I really think it's vital to keep it intimate as a wish and a longing between one or two people rather than a shared sentiment between the many, since it feels like an incredibly personal and vulnerable song. And having that sentiment shared across everybody really weakens it, in my opinion. So I much prefer inversions where they only keep it to one or two characters. Um, This is also my favorite song, by the way, because I personally relate so much to the song I think a lot of people could relate to it. A lot of immigrants specifically could relate to it or people that had a lot of tumultuous um, moving times or people whose family moved a lot from place to place, like my family, for example. Um, So it's something that that kind of longing and the kind of wistfulness to be accepted um, is incredibly relatable and very, very vulnerable. And I want only one character or two characters to have it because I don't think it's appropriate for everybody to have it because I think yes it highlights how stupid like the whole us versus them mentality is and I acknowledge that there is a reason why they would want everybody to have it but I still think it detracts from the focus on Tony and Maria here and how important it is to them specifically which is something that I want them to have because it's one of their final moments in the um, musical it's also called back to when Tony's dead so not having that is something that I didn't like at all especially Mm -hmm. when this happened to my favorite song so um, I love this song a lot I would keep it in a specific arrangement though Mm -hmm. okay that's fair um procession and nightmare we're skipping that yeah I actually don't even have it on my note so okay cool instrumental anyway um next is g officer Krupke. it's a fun song but I don't really have (laughs) anything else to say I think it's kind of weird that they have a fun number this late in the show Mm -hmm. because of all the things that just happened and I guess especially when you just had a very emotional song, I guess maybe if you count the instrumental song, then not really. But I feel like we're still in that emotional hole in it. Mm-hmm. So it's a very sharp transition of mood um, to go to the funny side of things. And I thought the fun side actually would make much more sense if it comes earlier in the show to show the interesting side of the Jets but that's just me so I personally just thought that it was a little bit weirdly placed towards the end of the show 
Mm -hmm. and I would much prefer earlier on. Yeah, I have to agree. I think one of the best things they've done is placing this uh, song a lot higher up in the musical, in the movie version, because I don't think it belongs here, to be honest. I understand they're really, really pushing the contrast, the like light song to really, really dramatic, to light, to dramatic over and over and over again. But I think at some point towards the climax, it should just be up and up and up and up until there is no more up to go and then it goes sharply down and they shouldn't mess with it too much because it detracts at some point from the climax and I think that's what happens here so the fact that they moved it higher up in other versions was very very smart I have very similar notes to what you had um, to America actually here because I found that this one gets very very repetitive it's a mm-hmm. pretty long song. It's pretty repetitive. It's nice to see their hijinks and whatever. But especially in this current placement, when you know that they're already very, very violent, it doesn't make much sense to put it here. You see them in a different light anyway by now. So it doesn't work with the characters as much. So I, I actually like the song still. It's, it's a really good song, but it got to move to a different place. It's got to. Yeah. All right. The next one is A Boy Like That, I Have a Love. I honestly don't have much to say about this one. I don't usually like fighting songs because they're messy and this is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. I like the emotion, how emotional both um, singers get or the actresses get in the song because it feels like they're actually arguing. And I understand where they're coming from. So sure, I can enjoy that. I didn't really get why Anita was like, all right, you'll love him. I get it. And I'll be able to just let it pass. So that was a little bit confusing for me. But other mm-hmm. than that, I honestly don't think too much of the song. Mm. I would say this would probably be my second favorite. I really love the song. First of all, because it's complex, it's messy. And obviously that's something that I like. Um, and second of all, because all of, all of the intense emotions that they exhibit, I really, really like song where they exhibit intense emotions that make sense, not that they go overboard like some other musicals we've seen. In here, everything th- seems authentic. It seems like it belongs there. And even though it can be a little bit of a stretch for Anita to be convinced by Maria that her love for Tony is the same as Anita's love for Bernardo um, right after Bernardo was killed by Tony. I mean, it is definitely a stretch, but I can still believe it happening because Anita is also a very emotional person and she understands the intense love that occurs between the two of them. And that's probably why she relented. I love the emotions coming from Anita when she says a boy like that and how she throws everything that Tony has done in her face and kind of like tests where her loyalty is until Maria appeals to her emotions in a very, very beautiful way. Maria actually accuses her too. She accuses her of forgetting about Bernardo, of changing who she is, of not seeing clearly, of not, of lying even. And you can see she feels really, really strongly about it and how it goes from such intensity to such beautiful calmness when they agree and see eye to eye love that love that and I've been obsessed with the song for a very long time it's so nice um yeah I was it was difficult for me to decide between this one and somewhere and it's usually for me that the second act 
is a lot weaker than the first act. I find that's the case in a lot of musicals. But in here, a lot of my favorite songs are in the second act. Um, so I was really, really pleasantly surprised. Do we have anything to say about the finale? No. <laughs> All right. Yeah, um, I was actually so disappointed in the finale. Oh, because okay. I thought there was going to be a song. You do have something to say then? <laughs> no, no, no. That's it. That's that's all I had to say. Elaborate, please. No, because I just thought it was such a sudden end mm. to it, and I I thought that there was going to be a proper closure. It didn't feel like it has a closure. Mm-hmm. It was just. Everybody look at Tony's body and everybody carry the body and they just walked away. Oh, I was so you, confused. And you didn't get I, that they were reunited? I get that. I get okay. that. I just hope that they it was shown musically as well. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair for sure. I did think they communicated better in other versions because in here they didn't even like band together to form a procession and you know, raise his body with Maria walking behind like a funeral. So I didn't think it was necessarily the best way to show the death. I agree with you on that and it lessened the impact. So yeah, that, that's a fair point for sure. Do you want to go you. into your final thoughts? Well, in general, I actually really enjoy it more than I expected that I mm-hmm. would. Because again, normally not really big of a romance person. But it's surprising worked really well. And I think they adapt Romeo and Juliet's story surprisingly well, too, in this context. I personally really feel like I can relate to a lot of the struggles they are having here, especially the immigrants' side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, Music-wise, most of the songs are actually quite nice, especially after a few listening to it. I really, really enjoy most of the music here. Choreography needless to say pretty much wherever there is a dancing to the number you just have to watch it like even if you're not watching it in the theater I strongly recommend to actually see the video on YouTube or something because viewing it is going to take you to another level of experiencing this whole story instead of just listening to the soundtrack so Mm. in general I like it quite a bit I wouldn't say it's my favorite favorite, but I'm very decently surprised for um, a romantic musical like this one. So I think that says a lot. (laughs) If you can convince me to like a romantic musical, then you are quite successful there. (laughs) I have to agree with you. So I'm not a biggest fan of Romeo and Juliet in general in terms of Shakespearean plays. Uh, so that aspect was something that made me a little bit wary. I feel like Romeo and Juliet in general gets very overdone. Um, but in here, I was pleasantly surpri- surprised at how well they made the story work and how fresh they made it feel, even though it's still the same character beats of star-crossed lovers and two groups that hate each other. They still made it feel very relevant, even to today, considering this was made in 1957. I feel like stuff like racial divide or stuff like being bought over by by bigger companies or what is it called gentrification is the word okay yes so 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 themes of like gentrification is something that is really relevant especially considering we live in a big city this is stuff that happens in small viewers here all the time so the fact that they made it seem so fresh and topical what is it 65 years later even more um that's crazy to me and it really speaks to the longevity 
of the story um, in its current form, obviously, not the Romeo and Juliet one. In terms of music, it's got to be one of the most impressive musically um, musicals we have ever we ever covered because it's so complex, which I love. It has so many very distinct character beats and notes that you can recognize go with a specific character. Like Tony has his like dreaminess and his um, optimism and Ju- and Juliet, I was about to say. And <laughs> Maria, my brain is like all mushed together. Um, and Maria is just like so vivacious and energetic and childlike in a way that is kind of like make-believe. Uh, which I love. And you get like big themes from the sharks and big themes from the jets musically without expressing anything else, which is something you can sense from the instrumentations that they have here. They just have songs that are pure instrumental, more so than pretty much every other musical almost we covered, um, that really shows how proud they must be of the instrumentation, which makes sense, um, considering it was composed by Bernstein. Leonard Bernstein is a legend. Um, Lyrically, it's also really, really clever. It has I love beats that just sound really good in terms of like inventing new slang that would stay timeless in terms of wordplay, which really works. And also in terms of specific characteristics that go hand in hand with the music to show a complete personality of somebody. So I love that. Choreography is obviously something that is incredible. I think in a Wikipedia article, they said that the choreographer insisted of having eight weeks of uh, boot camp, I guess, for the choreography rather than the standard four. And that paid off big time. Mm-hmm. Um, incredible. The set design is really nice. I don't think we mentioned it, but it very much feels like the grimy places of New York, but still gives it a lot of charming moments. The costuming is really great. I like everything about it, really. So I have a lot of good things to say overall. Mm-hmm. All right. Let us do a quiz, shall we? Are you ready to introduce it? Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So today we will be doing everyone has a a wise story character that matches their personality. Who's yours quiz? And this is from BuzzFeed. And was also published like yesterday. (laughs) Oh, seriously? Oh, yeah, you're right. (laughs) So So very fresh, very new. Very fresh, very new, definitely because of the movie, as you can see from all the pictures. So um, how would your friends describe you? We get this question very, very often. Yeah. Strong, kind, protective, wise, confident, romantic. For you, I would probably say confident. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, I'll say strong for you then. Okay. Next. Also interesting, by the way. <laughs> um, choose a song from West Side Story. Well, I think we already covered that, but the options are Tonight, America. Ooh, I don't know how to pronounce this. I'm not going to attempt. I feel pretty somewhere cool. We didn't cover that one. Oh, it was what from was the movie. One? Do you remember um, the scene after they had their like fight in the beginning and the sharks had a number it was that don't remember but okay okay I guess we'll cover it next week for you (laughs) it's tonight for me it's somewhere what was your favorite subject in school hi we haven't seen this one in a while (laughs) literature math gym art history science 
history. For your history from my information science. Pick another movie musical adaptation. In the Heights, The Prom, Dear Evan Hansen, Hairspray, Dreamgirls, Tick, Tick, Boom. Mm. We watched the majority of these. Did you? Like, we literally covered the majority of these. That's I didn't so watch nice. In the Heights movie. Oh, that's true. We didn't watch the In the Heights movie. You're right. But we did cover it. <laughs> that's true. I will pick... I'll pick Tick, Tick, Boom, then. Me too. Pick something important from West Side Story. Maria's Dress, The Balcony Scene, Doc's Drugstore, The Dance at the Gym, New York City, The Choreography. It's definitely choreography. A hundred percent. Finally, pick your favorite movie theater snack. Popcorn, soda, cookies, chocolate, chips, chicken fingers. I'm very traditional and boring, so I'm going to go with popcorn. Same. Who did you get? I got Maria. Oh, okay. I thought we'd get the same person. I thought so too. Okay, interesting. So it reads, like Maria, you're kind-hearted, trusting, and open. You let yourself feel the excitement um, and joy of new experience and new love. You feel pretty and you're not afraid to tell the world. Okay. (laughs) How about you? I got Anita. Interesting. Yeah. Like Anita, you're strong and deeply passionate. You will always speak up for what you believe in. You also have a huge heart. And all you want for yourself and your loved ones is peace. That's nice. This time, we will not forget to give the final rating (laughs) for the peace. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) We will not. I think we're so excited, wrapped up so quickly. Usually it takes us like two and a half to three hours to film, to film, to record this. Um, but I think last time it took us like two hours. So we're really buzzed and we completely forgot an yeah. essential part. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so we will not forget this time. We will not. Are you ready for a drum roll? <laughs> I'm going to give it a nine out of ten drugstores. Drugstores interesting i'm gonna give it eight out of ten what's something edible in this in the uh, drugstore is edible drugstore <laughs> is not the drugs in the drugstore are edible <laughs> i'll do drug in the drugstore then all right <laughs> <laughs> okay shocking <laughs> um okay so i suppose that's it from us if you want to discuss this one with us any previous musical we covered or if you want to give us recommendation for something to cover next please let us know also please be aware that we're covering west side story again next so maybe not next episode exactly but the one after that um and you can also contact us via email if you want to reach to us on social media it will be podway podcast and you can reach out to us on instagram reddit and twitter though not really twitter um and if you want to talk to us via email you can reach out to us at podwaypodcast at gmail.com all right thanks so much for listening guys Bye. bye